John 13 and verse 6. Then cometh to him Simon Peter and said, Lord, does thou wash my feet? Now when Jesus was washing their feet. Verse 7. Jesus answered and said unto him, What I do now thou knowest not, but thou shalt know hereafter. Verse 8. Peter said, Thou shalt never wash my feet. Jesus answered, If I wash not your feet, you have no part with me. Then he said, You know, then Peter now got overboard. Now said to him, Don't wash my feet, although, but my hands are my head. And then Jesus said, He that is washed needeth not save to wash his feet. In other words, whoever has been washed, the only part in you that I need to wash now is your feet. In other words, I have cleansed your spirit. Now what I need to do is to wash your what? Soul. Do you get what we're saying here? Because when you walk around, you pick dust. So as you go around and interact with people and you watch things, I mean, yeah, I'm not saying you shouldn't watch any movie, but if you watch any movie there, and as you're watching the movie, you look at violence, domestic violence, your soul picks up on that. If you fix your eyes on pornography, it enters. Do you get what I'm saying? What you watch, all right, will begin, all right, to influence and what, what, what will affect you. That's why it says evil communication corrupts good manners. And that's why it says, come up to the throne of grace that you may obtain mercy and find grace. Grace is the enablement, all right, of God uh, and the performance, the strength of God there. But it says mercy. You go up there in prayer. And, and David understood that. So you read him and he never, you know, he, he understood that. You will see that when things happen, David will not just say, I'm right. He will say, Lord, you know my iniquity. Purge me of this thing. In other words, when he's faced with a situation, he understands that this, I, I myself played a role here. The infirmities that are inside my soul. Uh, all right? That, and that's what God was telling Paul. He said, look, 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 look. You're telling me to remove the devil, but this thing was triggered by something inside you. So what you've got to do here is that your weaknesses, once I cleanse you of all that, this thing by itself will lift. All right? And, and that was the approach that David took. So in his rejoicing, he, 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 in, in his praise there, was, he was praising God predominantly because God, was, God is a merciful God. And so predominantly was our rejoicing and praising. And we've got to understand it. All right? As people. We, that, look, I mean, if, if I get to the revelation, I'll be too strong. So I'm, I decided not to end time to it fully. But just to lay some foundation, you go and read the Bible, and if God shows you, he shows you. But the, the fact of the matter is, James himself said, before he got to lay aside all filthiness and superfluity of naughtiness, and receive with meekness the engrafted word of God, he said, if any man is tempted, let not that man say he's tempted of God. A man is tempted when he's enticed. All right? God, a man is tempted, when, sorry, when he's what? Drawn away of his own what? Lost. In other words, it's something inside you. And then he's enticed. So there's something. This is what we need to understand. Because what did James say? He said, you have not because you ask not. He said, when you ask, you receive not because you ask a means to consume meat upon your word lost. In other words, if you allow God to cleanse you of that thing, then prayer, you'll be getting answers to your prayers. 
So somebody says, God bless me with 100 million. God knows if you have that kind of disposable income, he has looked into your soul. You are not even aware of the debt that is there. That that kind of disposable income can, I mean, I mean we, we've seen it, but maybe, can land you in doing things. A guy came to me and he said, look, I broke through. This is just about 15 years. He said, I broke through financially. He said, Pastor, I destroyed myself. He said, I was running after women all over the world. It's because he could travel. If you don't have the means, you, are around, you, you will see that where he is now. Are you, you understand what I'm saying? Because you buy an expensive car, more eyes look at you. People that didn't look at you before look at you. Now they are looking at you. And you, in the past, you know, those people, you only used to look at them in magazines. So now they are looking at you. Eh, you start walking on the earth alive. This Lagos, we have conquered. So God says, I will cleanse. Now, so when we get to James chapter 4, quickly, we'll see this. All right, James 4 and verse 5, sorry, James 4, 5. All right, now this James, it says, do you think that the spirit that saith, uh, the, do you think that the scripture saith in vain, the spirit that dwelleth in us lusteth to envy? You know, it says that God is a jealous God, all right, this is what he's referring to. So it says the spirit that dwells in you, in other words, talking to Christians. All right? It's a jealous spirit. That means that it's passionate. He wants to have you to himself. Now look at what he says. Next verse. But he giveth more grace. Wherefore he saith, God resisted the proud. And who is this proud? It's the man that says, I have no sin and deceives himself. But, God, but giveth grace unto the humble. Now what's he talking about? Submit yourselves therefore unto God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Verse 8. Draw nigh unto God and he will draw nigh unto you. Cleanse your hand. So, he's talking about this cleansing. Ye sinners. Now, the word sinners there doesn't mean you have the sin nature. It means you are missing the mark in certain areas. It says, cleanse that. Look at what it says next thing. It's the soul. Purify your hearts. Ye double-minded. And then it goes on and says, be afflicted. In other words, there, you go in there in prayer, and you understand God. This is how it's prayer comes. I'm coming before you, and I'm praying about this particular thing. My business, all right, this year, I'm praying that it grows to this level. Now I come before your throne of grace first to obtain mercy. For there are things that might be in my soul that will limit me from having this experience I desire. I ask that you cleanse me of those things. Do you get what we're saying here? And then open my eyes. You'll see this. But if you come and say that, and that's why, that's why in any discussion when somebody says, I'm right, I'm right, that person is wrong, I'm right. I am trying to prove that you are right, and somebody else is wrong, all right, then you're missing the point. So in Luke chapter 18 here, and verse 10, we see this also. I have 10 minutes and almost... 15 scriptures. Let me see how far I go. Two men went up to pray in the temple, one a Pharisee and the other a publican. And the Pharisee stood up and prayed thus with himself, God, 
I thank thee that I'm not as all these other people, extortioners, unjust, adulterers, even as this publican. Now, it's not that the publican was doing those things, but the publican recognized that, look, this cleansing of the soul here, the, it's, the, the, you know, and you know, there's there there so much to it. So, next thing goes on and says, I fast twice a week, I give tithes of all I possess. Now, the publican standing afar will not lift so much his eyes to heaven, but smote his breast and said, God be merciful unto me. And then it goes on, verse 14, I tell you that this man went down to his house justified rather than the other. For everyone that exalted himself, which is pride, in prayer shall be what? Abased because he went to pray that way. But he that abases or humbleth himself receives grace and he says he is what? Exalted. So it's not, it's me driving my car. So somebody who made me right and said, I will also clean that car for you. That you cannot clean it by yourself. That's why people are trying to change their character. They cannot. They are trying to change. Your people are struggling to do what God said he will do. Struggling to do it. All right? Okay? Struggling to do it. So he cleanses that and then brings us. Now, so we can go to Hebrews chapter 4 here about God's house. Oh, 3 verse 4. For, for every house is built by some man. He that built all things is God. Now he says, Moses was faithful for a testimony. Next verse. And then he says, is Christ the son of his house? Whose house are we? If we hold fast the rejoicing of hope, firm unto the end. Now verse 7. Wherefore the Holy Ghost said, today if you will hear his voice, Harden not your heart as in the day of provocation, in the day of temptation in the wilderness, when your father's tempted and proved me some I works for years. Now, what's God saying here? When you begin to hear the two words, your dream, your goal, your vision there, and crisis starts, and, and, and they were coming out of Egypt, they were going to the promised land. The wilderness was the place there of crisis. And between you and the fulfillment of the promise, crisis breaks out, things begin to happen, God says. It is a test. The trial of your faith being much, much better than silver that is tried with fire. Now, when you put silver into fire, all right, what you want to do is to remove the impurities from the silver. Are you following what I'm saying? So when you hit the test, God wants to now remove from your soul those things there that are inhibiting you. So, if two people inside a marriage are fighting, what's going on there is that God says, I want to cleanse both of you. But instead of submitting to that, you are saying, I'm telling you that you are wrong. I've told you. And this one says, I'm telling you. So, what begins to happen? You are missing the point of God. Because he went on in the book of Hebrews there and said, the chastisement said, there is no son that the father receives that he doesn't chasten. He said, the chastisement of God is grievous. In other words, he says, why don't you be in subjection unto the Father of Spirits and leave? So you are there struggling and struggling, and he says, look, my friend, part of what is in the soul is foolishness. Part of what is inside the soul are certain things here. That soul should be reflecting my intelligence, my wisdom. That that soul should be a perfect expression of the Holy Ghost himself. Divine intelligence. He says, so let me, let me wipe this thing. Now, if we resist that, 
If, if we now, that's what it means to harden your heart. And you say, no, 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 it's not, it's not, it's not me. And you resist all of that. All right? So what you're doing is you are resisting God. And God says, look, you are resisting. But if you humble, how do you resist the devil? By humbling yourself unto God. As you go before God and worship there. And, and, and God now begins to, that, that's what God was telling Job. That Job, look, look, look. You don't understand the concept of this. If anything, you just come to me. That which I see not teach thou me. We have offended, and God says, I will, I will remove. So you go there to him in prayer. And God now begins, all right, the cleansing work. And it comes to a point where after some time, you understand what happens. You know this, your, your soul is like he's wiping the glass of your soul. And you begin to see clearly. Psalm 51, verse 6 and 8 to 8. Psalm 51, from verse 6 to verse 8, here, it says, Behold, thou desire truth in the inward part, and in the hidden part thou shalt make me to know wisdom. Purge me with hyssop, and I shall be clean. All right? It says, Wash me, and I, he didn't say I will wash myself. He said, wash me and I'll be whiter than snow. In other words, you come out, all right, because you ask God to do it. So why are we not asking God to do it? When you know your soul needs salvation, I've just shown you from the Bible. So why are you resisting it? It's pride. It's pride. And, and people will be struggling in their life and then you'll be teaching a doctrine that is not working in your life, and you just insist on that doctrine. And instead of telling people the real stuff that is going on here, that this thing is not producing this result, then what you now do, which is where the hyper-grace message now came, is it doesn't matter how you live because you are permanently under grace. Defeat. It was a message of absolute defeat. Now, people shouted victory, but that message was defeat. The reason is this. If sin, when it entered into man, changed the way man behaved and made man wicked and all of that and affected the bodies of man and brought death and brought all of that, are you saying that what Jesus did is not capable of reversing what Satan did? The finished work is only one aspect of the work. That's why the father said, sit at my right hand until I. In other words, there is something. Jesus is still working. Is at the high priest. Is a high priest after the order of Melchizedek. He's doing something at the right hand of God. He's offering up sacrifices for our sake. The Bible says he ever lived to make intercession. He's not asleep. Are you from saying it? So if there's a conversation that is going on, and I'm, I'm, I'm telling you, if that doctrine was not stopped. Church as we know it will have been dead in this country in 15 years. Because sin will have broken out in the body of Christ. That the world will say there's no difference between us. In fact, well, you know when light becomes darkness, your own darkness is what? What did he say in Psalm 32? Close this. I, I, I couldn't get into it. But let me just see. Psalm 32, I'm almost there. All right? Go to verse 1. Psalm 32, verse 1. Blessed is he whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. Verse 2, 
Blessed is that man unto whom the Lord imputed not iniquity and in whose spirit there is no guile. Now, I say, well, it's an Old Testament scripture. Okay, go to Romans chapter 4 from verse 1. I'll read it and I'll show that this is what they were reading. Romans chapter 4 and verse 1. What shall we say then that Abraham our father as pertaining to the flesh hath found? Verse 2. For if Abraham were justified by works, he hath whereof to glory, but not before God. Verse 3. For what said the scripture, Abraham believed God and was counted to him for righteousness. Verse 4. Now to him that walketh not is a reward no record of grace, but of debt. But to him that walketh, but believeth on him, that is record as righteousness. Verse 6. Even as David also describeth the blessedness of the man to whom the God imputed righteousness without works. How did David describe it? He said, saying, blessed are they whose iniquities are forgiven, whose sins are covered. Next verse, blessed is the man to whom the Lord will not impute sin. All right, next verse, or commit this blessedness upon the circumcision only upon the uncircumcision also, for we say faith was record. So he's talking and begins to teach. Where did he bring it from? He brought it from Psalm 32. So if you go back to Psalm 32 and verse 1, that's what they were quoting. All right, that's what Paul was quoting. And it says here, all right, blessed is he whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. Blessed is that man to whom the Lord will not impute iniquity, and in whose spirit there is no guile. Verse 3, when I kept silent, my bones waxed old through my roaring all day long. In other words, I kept quiet and I was struggling on the inside. Look at what he says here. He says, for day and night thy hand was heavy upon me, my moisture is turned to the drought of summer. He said, I was struggling. I kept quiet. I was struggling. Next verse. I acknowledge my sin. My iniquity have I not killed. I said, I will confess my transgression unto the Lord. Thou forgivest the iniquity of my sin. Look at the next thing. For this, for this forgiveness, this cleansing, shall everyone that is what? Godly. Do you see it's the godly man that is praying that prayer? For he that is what? Godly pray unto him in a time that thou may be found. Surely the floods of the great water shall not come near him. In other words, in a time of crisis, if the man prays that, those floods will not touch that person. He's going to come out of it. Because what happens is that God, all he wants is to put it in the fire, let the impurities come out. I mean, what do people do? If snakes are inside holes, all right, that's why they tell people when they are dating, that set up, Set up, that's what they tell, tell people. They'll say, just set up a situation, a crisis situation. So you know who that person is, the way their soul is. So you set up a crisis situation. All right? I mean, I've seen a lady married before. At the, at the party that night, when the, when the musician did something wrong, the DJ, the husband carried, the lady was saying, yeah, 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 yeah. They said, what's the problem? I said, go and look at him. He said, I'm, I'm going to be living inside the house with him. So you set up a bad DJ so that they, they, they <laughs> because snakes hide in holes. When you put fire, they come out. After you catch snakes, put fire smoke inside, they will run out of it. So when you put pressure, whatever is inside comes out. Do you get what I'm saying? So God says we can cleanse that thing. Are you following what I'm saying? You can cleanse that thing. Now you can know what you are dealing and, and the condition of the soul, all right, of that person there. Zechariah chapter 1, before we say this, Zechariah 1 here and um, verses, Zechariah 1 and verse 3, all right? Before they started building one of the instructions Zechariah gave them, 
He said, therefore, say that unto them. Thus said the Lord your God, turn ye to me, said the Lord of hosts, and I will turn to you. Draw nigh unto me, it's New Testament, and I will draw nigh unto you. So how do you turn to the Lord? Now, we go back to the Hosea scripture there. It says, take ye words and turn to the Lord and say, take away all our iniquity and receive us graciously. So shall we render the word calves of our lips. Okay, go back to Psalm 32. Calves of our lips, that means we will render praise unto you. Go to Psalm 32. Let's, where I stopped, so shall he that is God be praised in a time where he may be found. All right, Psalm 32, where I stopped there. All right, in a time, flawed. Next verse. It says, thou art my hiding place, thou shalt preserve me from trouble. Thou shalt compass me about with what? Songs of deliverance. It is praise and this mercy. All right, look at the next verse there. It says here, I will do what? Instruct thee. I will teach thee in the way that should go. In other words, for that person in that business there, God now begins to instruct that person. God begins to teach that person that, look, do it like this. Look, do it like this. You get to the point where it's no longer that God is just telling you, it's not that you're just looking at scripture. God is whispering to you exact things to do. He's living on the inside of you. He's telling you that change this here. Put this one here. Put this here. He's gotten directly. He's now there. Look at what he says here. He said, I will teach you. I will guide you with my eye. Don't be like the horse and the moon who have no understanding, whose mouth must be held with a bit and bridle, lest they come near into you. All right? Many sorrows shall be to the wicked, but he that trusted the Lord, mercy shall compass him about. Next verse there. I think there's one more. Be glad in the Lord and rejoice. You righteous, shout for joy. All right? All you that are upright. In other words, God cleanses you over, praise it. And, and, and you can go and read it, Second Chronicles chapter 6, because I can't get to it, and chapter 7. Go and see the dedication of the temple of God. When they dedicated it, Solomon said, the first thing he said, he said, if any man comes here to pray, this is what he said, Lord, he didn't even say any prayer point. He said, Lord, hear their prayer and forgive. In other words, this was the house of prayer. He said, this is the house, hear their prayer. In other words, he was saying that the first thing is that person receives forgiveness. Not that you are receiving forgiveness because you stole something or you hit somebody, but you are, forgiveness there is constant cleansing of your soul. It's not because you broke the Ten Commandments, but because the standards of God are such that you need constant cleansing of your soul. Go. If you think this thing I'm saying is a joke, eh? You know when you see things, you see it in the spirit. Go and look at the prayer point of Pastor Debray for their fast. First 21 days, he said what? Thanksgiving. Second 21 days, he said what? Mercy. That, that's where those people are getting it. When I looked at it, I said, this is the tabernacle of David. They know. Why did he say, for 21 days, pray mercy. For 21 days, do thanksgiving. You are merging mercy with praise. That's what Jonah said. Jonah, when he prayed, it was a mercy prayer. Because Jonah, look, you know, Jonah was out of God's will. So when he said, they that observe life forsake that mercy, and he combined with prayer, with praise there, God brought him into it. Which means that you may be here, sitting here, and you are comfortable. But actually, God's real plan for you is to be in just doing something that you don't even know. But you are okay the way you are. You are okay. Because you had a conversation, you didn't even listen to what they were saying. God was trying to talk to you. But you are okay is when you start praying this prayer and it begins to wipe the screen of your life, that you start, ah, wait till, that you start seeing. 
things now begin to fall into place. Do you understand what I'm saying? So in this Christianity, the fact that you don't feel you've done something wrong doesn't mean that what you are doing is right completely in the eyes of God. That's why the Bible says there's a way that seemeth right unto a man. The end thereof is what? Death. So if, 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 you don't, if in your soul it might seem right to you, but the end of this thing is destruction. But it's when your soul is getting cleansed that you now look up for some time and you start thinking on a much higher level. So this is how the thing works. All right? There's no condemnation on your spirit. It is you, the righteousness of God in Christ, that is driving your car to God. I say, wash this car to The same thing you used to clean my spirit, clean my soul. You are presenting yourself to God. You are bringing yourself to God. All right? Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for every single person under the sound of my voice. I ask that let this revelation be deepened within their consciousness. Let the Holy Ghost explain it for Bring them into a perfect knowledge of this truth. And let the blessings of your mercy rest upon them and transform them completely. In Jesus' name. Thank you for watching today's program. To listen to the full message or any other messages, please visit www.elibrary.insightsforliving.org And to find out more about the Covenant Nation, visit www.insightsforliving.org or download the C3 Live app on Android or iOS. God bless you.